0: The following program was produced by an independent community producer. The opinions expressed do not necessarily reflect those of the ECAT staff or board of directors. Giving a voice to the voiceless, pulling stories out of the shadows and putting them under the spotlight, making sure that each person is valued and cared for. This is Humanity First with Peter Evers, presented by BAMSY. Hi, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Humanity First. My name is Peter Evers, and I work for BAMSI. Uh, the format of this show is uh, we've been going for a few weeks now, and um, we, we talk a little bit about what's going on in our community, and then we have some guests, and we have some great guests coming in today. Uh, we have a couple of BAMSI employees Uh, who work in our HIV and AIDS and harm reduction program. And they're gonna talk a little bit about Pride Month, um, and that's where I'd like to start. Uh, Pride Month is such a wonderful example of a society or a culture uh, ensuring that we are inclusive, that everybody has a voice. And and as we'll talk about a little bit later, its roots lie deep uh, in the heart of uh, people asserting their rights, um, beginning, of course, in San Francisco with the Stonewall protests um, where you know, gay men and women, and in fact, the whole process was start by, started by an African-American trans woman, pushing back against prejudice and addressing prejudice. I think we've, do- we've made some great um, progress over the past few years. But recently, I think we've begun to worry a little bit uh, about a backlash. And, and here's an example uh, of what I'm talking about. This is an incident that occurred last Sunday, Pretty shocking uh, scenes, I'm sure you'd agree. And this uh, is a protest by Nazis um, in New Hampshire uh, who were masked, as you could probably see, which is a little uh, surprising to me. If somebody feels so um, uh, vehemently against whatever was going on, you'd think you'd be able to see those people's faces. You couldn't. Um, And in addition to that, um, this was uh, an incident that was uh, watched by the Concord Police. Um, what they were protesting about was a drag artist, um, somebody called Juicy Garland, who is well known in the, the New Hampshire um, community, uh, reading to some childrens at a tea shop. Um, and it is pretty frightening to think that something like that would elicit such hatred uh, and such uh, violent response uh, to banging on the windows and uh, and affecting Nazi uh, salutes. Um, It shows me in a way that there's still a lot of misunderstanding around the issue of gender, and gender politics is something that has has really come into play. And we're going to talk about that in the next section a little bit. But I don't want to I don't want to sort of miss the fact that we are celebrating Pride Month, and people are feeling that this is a place where people can be safe, where people can be themselves. And the right to self-determination, in my opinion, is one of the most important things about a democracy and one of the most important things about this wonderful country, America. We'll be right back.
1: Hi, I'm Jamie. I'm an essential worker here at BAMSI, and I'm a nurse. Nurses are essential here at BAMZ because as nurses, we really have the opportunity to make an impact. We have very small ratios, so we have the opportunity to really learn everything about the person served and be able to give the best care. It really serves such a great purpose for me as being a nurse and really why I came into nursing. Learn more about nursing opportunities at bmzjobs.org.
0: Giving a voice to the voiceless, pulling stories out of the shadows and putting them under the spotlight, making sure that each person is valued and cared for. This is Humanity First with Peter Evers, presented by Bamsey. Welcome back, everybody. Um, and it's been um, a good conversation so far, but it's just about to get better because we have two special guests uh, to welcome to the studio today. Uh, Chase Garvey, uh, who is our Transgender Health Navigator and um, Todd Foy, who is our Senior Director of HIV Services. Welcome, and thank you so much for coming on on the program today.
1: Thanks for having us.
0: Thank you. So picking up a little bit where we were before, um, and, and actually what we'll do first is that, um, you know, Uh, People who listen to this show regularly uh, know that this is a BAMSI show that is put on by BAMSI, Um, but we don't always talk about programs at BAMSI. We tend to talk a little bit more about issues of social justice and uh, and, and issues affecting people relative to their social determinants of health. Um, Harm reduction is something uh, that BAMSI has been doing for a long time. Harm reduction is something that for a long time uh, has been remarkably effective for people who struggle with the disease of addiction, and yet in our communities is still um, looked on as something uh, with great suspicion. Uh, Even in the wonderful city of Brockton, we uh, quite often come up against some difficulties and and perhaps some old notions and conventional wisdoms around um, substance use. So um, Todd, maybe we could start with you. at BAMSY, your role and, and the programs that you're working in?
1: Yeah. So um, again, as, as Peter mentioned, I'm Todd, uh, he, him, his pronouns, uh, and I'm the senior director of HIV services. So um, I work get to work with Chase, um, but I also get to work with our harm reduction programs, both in Plymouth and Brockton. Um, and then I work with our HIV prevention and case management teams. Um, so I think in total, there's probably about 15 of us spread out across this big swath of area that BAMC covers, uh, doing sort of really, I think, intersectional roles. Um, nobody's really siloed. We're all focused on harm reduction and things like that. So um, yeah, I'm really lucky to be here and work with the team.
0: And you've been here for? Six weeks. So you're totally, fully organized. I'm ready. Yes, ready to take
1: over. You better watch out, Peter. <laughs> Come on in.
0: <laughs> <laughs> all right, Chase.
1: All right.
2: Well, I just started. You said six, so five weeks ago, Me. <laughs> Um, so you're the veteran here. I guess. It Lucky me. <laughs> Taught me everything I know. Um, <laughs> so my goal will be to, we're re- currently relaunching uh, BAMSI's T-CORE program. T-CORE stands for Transgender Community Outreach Resources and Empowerment. Um, we're hoping to get this launched by July-, July 20th, which will be our relaunch party from four to six down in Belmont Street in Brockton. The goal of this program will be to provide transgender individuals and those in their lives, just resources and help with health, na- health navigation, HIV testing, help with things like legal name and gender change, and then anything else that may come up. Um, We're open to people of all identities, so not just trans people, but that's what we're going to be focusing on. And we're
0: starting in the Broxton area, but hopefully we'll be expanding down to Plymouth, and then wherever else people need our help. Speaking of Plymouth, we recently had a grand opening, although we've been there for a year. Uh, Do you want to talk about that a little bit? Because it was such uh, a wonderful day.
1: Yeah, no, it was great. Chase and I were both there. Peter was there. Uh, So we opened it, not new, as Peter says, um, but we kind of soft launched, hard launched, however you want to look at it, our new um, harm reduction program in Plymouth. Um, So 385 Court Street in Plymouth. Uh, It's basically a drop-in center. You can come in any day of the week between 10 and 3. Um, We have, you know, clean syringes. We take back clean syringes, we give out Narcan, we do trainings, groups, beautiful space, Uh, walls are freshly painted, there's a kitchen, Um, so we're really encouraging members of the community uh, to to use that space, and, and, you know, I want people to think about it as a a space for all people, you you know, no matter where you are in either your recovery journey or if you're not in recovery, maybe you're coming because you have a family member who's in recovery or someone who's using, we're we're here for everyone, but uh, we launched that program last Thursday evening, and we had, I think it actually totaled around 100 people cycling in and out over the course of two hours. So
0: Amazing. Awesome. Yeah. And when we think about um, Plymouth and Brockton, two very different communities. Yes. And, and a, a big shout out to the mayor of Brockton, uh, Robert Sullivan, who really helped us get into Plymouth a year and a half ago and began conversations about need in that community. It is a community of great need. It is a, a community of uh, suspicion around some of the harm reduction stuff that we've done. But on that day, to have 100 people yeah. come out, uh, they knew you were there already, the soft launch was a great idea. Um, because if people say, well, we, we don't need this here, it's like, well, we've yeah. been here and and this, this is some of the, The good that we've been doing along. So let's shift uh, to the broader picture. Obviously, this month is Pride Month, um, and we've had a lot of wonderful um, events uh, going on. And you know, as as I talked about in the um, in the opening monologue, we live in a very confused time at the moment. Um, You know, when we think about um, the LGBTQ plus population. This is a population that's been around forever. This is a population that has existed in every culture, Uh, and you know when we were talking about this morning, I had identified um, Stonewall as a moment in time, the beginning of a movement, and I I still truly believe that. Uh, And and actually, Pride Month gives a nod to Stonewall. And just for people who don't know, uh, that was an event that happened in um, 1969, the same year as. Man Walked on the Moon, actually, which gives you a little bit of perspective about that, what gay rights were uh, in America at that time. You know, a backdrop of, you know, people being uh, kicked out of the army, people being, being, um, sort of laws being um, written up to um, basically legislate people um, out of existence. And that makes you raise your eyes a little bit and say, how could that happen? Um, We've made progress. But... I don't know. Todd, you were talking about that—that that we seem to make progress in terms of how this country is um, really sort of changing, and then there's a backlash. Much like, if you think about it, what has happened with other groups who have been uh, who have struggled uh, against the dominant paradigm over the really over centuries so we want to talk about that a little bit
1: yeah i mean i think you know it's kind of you know dr king's quote that um president obama sort of repurposed but the arc of the universe bends towards justice and there's a lot of hiccups along the way right and so i think you know i identify as gay and and you know i think that growing up it was definitely on the trend towards towards Civil rights I, and I felt like you know, we were really coming along and you know marriage and adoption I mean, I remember in 2004 when Massachusetts legalized. I remember that amazing day But I also grew up in a very religious family. So that was couched very differently to me mm. And and so now I kind of see this, you know, I imagine how I was back then You know if I'm a trans kid in one of these states where this is, you know These bills and these bans and these things are happening Um you know, this is scary. And I, I don't remember it being this vitriolic, I guess. Maybe that's just my naivete as a child, but I, I think that that speaks to, you know, like we were saying, the importance of this visibility in this
0: month. And the noise, we, we talked a little about noise, yep. you know, um, <clears throat> and Chase coming on this, but um, this idea of meeting uh, prejudice Um, with justice, this idea of being brave enough. And I use that word um, very advisably because we throw the word brave around, but now we're talking brave, right? We're talking about people who are willing to stand up for social justice, um, allyship, uh, but also being a co-warrior really in in this fight. And I don't think I'm overstating that, Chase.
2: I don't think so at all. I mean, now it comes down to, I think, Currently, with everything going on legislatively, it comes down more to, I think we need a lot more allies to be brave as well. I mean, Pride Month is a great month for the LGBTQ community to stand up and kind of say, we're here. We're not going to back down and advocate for ourselves. But at the same time, there are 11 other months, and we can't do this all on our own. Going back to Stonewall, that was started by a Black trans woman. But at the same time, Black trans women shouldn't be the only ones advocating for rights. Like, trans people shouldn't be the only ones advocating for our rights right now as they're getting taken away in all these states we really need everybody else to sort of step up and say, hey, these are the facts, these are people, no matter what you believe, everybody deserves human rights and access to healthcare. And statistically, there's nothing, if you read the studies, there's nothing that's really harming trans youth than anybody that's trying to transition. So I think just kind of, I think stopping those stereotypes and correcting that misinformation are what we need to sort of start to be brave. But again, we really need allies and everybody else that cares about somebody, or even if you don't know an LGBTQ person, if you just care about people, it's your time to step up and step in and help out. I
0: like it. I like it a lot. You know, when we were talking earlier, we, we all made the point around how <clears throat> some of these issues are, are bent towards whatever a, a particular group is is, is requiring. And um, One of the things that I read uh, a few days ago was that this, um, anti-gender affirming uh, legislation that's being passed in 22 states, nearly half the states in this country, um, is focusing on this issue of uh, sports at the moment. <clears throat> and uh, I don't know if you wanna take over this, but I was astonished by the, <laughs> by the size of the problem when you're hearing that a full legislative debate and uh, full court press is being effected in 22 states to change uh, a, a, a situation that well, take it. How many no, people are we talking about?
1: Right. So I remember you had mentioned it was you know three three athletes between three states, right? And I think responding sort of to Chase's comment and, and to your you know point earlier about noise, that's what it is. It's noise. Yeah. All throughout history, right? You know, we're we're always looking for the scapegoat. We're looking for the person to blame for all of our problems and to hold that person. And because you know, unfortunately, this community has been marginalized over the years, they then pick even further into that margin and pick out the incredibly marginalized and blow that situation up to distract you from the real problems. Which, like I had mentioned earlier, was you know, it's healthcare access, it's you know, inflation, it's housing prices. These are the real things that we need to be hearing about, not some kid who wants to just live their life and be who they are. So, you know, I really, really caution and encourage people to always, you know, avoid. Um, don't fall for the trick. It's a trick. It it, it really is.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and listen to the people. Listen to their, I I listened to some amazing uh, testimony that was given in uh, Alabama. I think it was Alabama, maybe in Arkansas, um, of a thirteen-year-old. Dylan. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean how can you not listen to that story and be moved and understand what we're actually talking about here right which is self determination mm-hmm. which again politically is an interesting idea right we the, the one political party is talking all the time about small government is talking about getting out of people's lives yet with the exception of people's own determination and their right to make decisions about their own body i find that really disturbing to be honest with you i mean What's that about?
1: It's, it, yeah, I mean, it, it, like I said, I think, I don't know. I mean, yeah. there's a lot of ways you could go with that. But <laughs> I, I think it's just, again, like it, it, it's it's reaching into the fringes and trying to grab people to distract from the things that are actually happening. You know, I think about certain politicians in Florida flying, you know, migrants up to Massachusetts, right? <laughs> like it, it, literally human trafficking, yeah. Right. But we're gonna not pay attention to that. We're gonna distract you with, well, you know, what about what about the locker rooms and, and what about the kids? Do you know what the leading cause of death among children in the United States is? Gun violence. Mm-hmm.
0: Total by suicide.
1: It's terrible, mm-hmm. but we're not gonna talk about that. Right? So so I it's it's I don't know what it is. I don't know why it is. I, I think that there's, you know, there's there's bigotry. There are people that just have hate in their hearts and they need a little loving. But then I also think there are people who have an agenda and they are looking for someone to, you know, offer up. And so I think that's why, to Chase's point earlier, you know, allyship is so important, standing up and, and reading between the lines here. Is this really a problem? Is this really a thing? And and it's so hard in the age of disinformation and fake news. And it, it's tough to sometimes parse it out. But I think this issue, particularly, especially on gender affirming care, is a very cut and dry issue like you know this is between a patient and a doctor and a choice and there's just no correlation i don't know if you
2: yeah i was gonna say to your point about um disinformation or misinformation it is so imperative that everybody goes out and just tries to find the scientifically backed facts and not and as hard as it is to say you can't even listen to the representatives anymore because there have been a lot of representatives i'm thinking of a particular one on an interview i want to say with john stewart who put the rate of I think transgender children that regretted it at somewhere between 60 and 70 percent and in reality the rates of p- children that are um detransitioning um, according to the trans youth project over at princeton university is close to about two percent if you compare that to rates of like people that regret knee surgery uh, get re- regret knee replacement surgery or hip replacement surgery those tend those tend to be between 10 and 20 percent of a, of a regret rate so if you compare if you look at it that way that regret rate is so much lower than so many other everyday things. However, the media tends to cling on to that, overinflate it, and they use that as a point of like, oh, these children regret it. You shouldn't let your child do it. We need to start introducing these regulations. And the scary thing that you were talking about before that Peter brought up with trying to regulate people's bodies, six or seven years ago, there were less than 50 bills that were being passed to try to regulate trans people's bodies. And in 2023 alone, and we were in June, we're in excess of 450 bills that have been introduced across 22 states, I believe, to try to regulate people's bodies. And it is terrifying because you can't claim that you don't want a government being involved when now you have a government telling people directly what they want you to do with your body. And another scary aspect of that is it's starting with youth and in several states now, they're starting to try to introduce that ban to Transgender adults. Right. So the question becomes well, where does it end? Where does it end? Does it end with this? Does it end with trying to force women to get abortions? Uh, where does it end? Yeah. Yeah.
0: The, the idea of intersectionality is so important in these conversations, right? That when we looked at the, the op- at oppressed groups, we look at people who are under the microscope for whatever reason, that idea of, 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 of following that pathway through what people, what injustice is, and it looks very similar in every one of those cases. You know, we are running out of time, which is so annoying (laughs) (laughs) because it's such a great conversation. I guess I'd just like to um, finish uh, on a high note. Pride, you know, Pride—it's such a wonderful event. We've talked a little bit about the history of it. Um, What's your favorite? um, What's your favorite bit of Pride Month? Oh, boy, that is my favorite. I mean, I
1: I think for me, it's always just been having, again, grown up in a home that didn't all didn't necessarily support who I was and, you know, faced challenges with that. Having sort of the global community now be that person to echo and say, you're okay and you're accepted. And I I think that's, you know, my advice to folks during this month. If you're, you know, not in the LGBTQ community, go hug a queer person, Mm -hmm. go tell them they're loved, go tell them they're important. Listen to them right that's that's what we want and that's what i think is so important yeah yeah, Chase. is i'm in the same boat Did my favorite you. thing about pride month is just a community which is why
2: i love pride events and going to them because it's for many people you don't get that day-to-day opportunity to be surrounded by other queer people and for me like that's a space that's just a safe space you get to celebrate everybody and also the more allies that show up just you feel more of the love at the end of the day
0: yeah. you know what i really love about it is that uh, when you go and you celebrate you'll see somebody and that person is a male, white, probably in their 60s, who is standing by their child and celebrating. And it's just wonderful to think how families, and I know this isn't true in every case, but when families are flexible, when families are adapted, when they realize that the love that they have for their child is greater than anything else, it gives me a lot of hope. Having said that, I know there's a long way to go. Thank you so much for coming in. It's been great. And I think we talked about doing a sequel to this before we even did the first one um, because there's so much uh, to cover. But uh, I really appreciate you coming in.
1: Thank you. Thank you so much. We'll hold you to it.
0: (laughs) Thank you, everybody. Goodbye.